Welcome everyone, Call It In The Ring Media presents Squared Circle Rewind, episode 130, where we are reviewing WWF WrestleMania 13. I'm Jesse, and I will be joined shortly by Dave and Ben. As always, we are going to do our weekly body slam, our weekly beneficial facts, and we will review the pay-per-view to let you know what to watch and what not to watch. Hope you enjoy. And we welcome in Ben and Dave to the program. How's it been this week, boys? Good. I'm, I'm still living. There you still go. Living. Ben, how you been doing? I'm still working and I'm still tired, but I am pulling through. There you go. There you go. So what do we got this week for Body Slam, Dave? Nothing really in regards to like the live programming, um, although there was some breaking news with AEW with um, FTR making their debut, which was pretty cool. I, you know, it, I always say it'd be so much better if there was a live audience. Yeah, definitely. Eh? Just, you know, you take what you can. So FTR made their debut. Uh, Brian Cage actually made his debut at Double or Nothing. I totally missed that. Yeah, and he won the poker chip to challenge um, Moxley for the title. Yeah, so that's pretty – like, I'm actually – I haven't watched any of the highlights, but I read them on Twitter, and I'm, I'm happy to see FTR and AEW because of all their online feuding with the Young Bucks. So, they, yeah. you know, there, there's money right there. Yep, exactly. Uh, WWE has also announced free network. Yeah, they've been, they've been talking about that for a while, doing like a tiered network plan. It's just taken them forever to get their crap together to do it. Well, is the mobile app working for you yet? No, I haven't even. I well, <laughs> uh, no, sorry, I will. I I haven't even tried it since the problems I had before. I just use <laughs> I just use Safari on my phone to watch it. So that's, Safari, that's it. you're definitely an iPhone user. I am an iPhone user. <laughs> iPhone for life. I can't change now. I'm too used to the iPhone. <laughs> so yeah, then we have the. Free network. Now, there's not really much details on it exactly yet because it just got released today, but it seems like they have a limited amount of content, obviously, in regards to like past pay per views. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll have access to current Raws and SmackDowns and NXT, which are three weeks behind, by the way, for the network. So, for example, tonight's uh, Raw, you won't have on the network for another three weeks, apparently, because they're, they're like backlogged. Okay. But it's kind of, you know, free service. So it made me question, like, what will the tier system be like for yeah. people who have been long-standing customers? Like, will we have to pay them more? Well, I, pay them? What the proper thing should be that that for the long-standing customers, it should be like you're grandfathered into your to to your package already, right? you know, whatever you're paying, but that, that, that you get everything. So for us here in Canada, it's like 1499 a month. Yep. If, if you've done that, you, you still get that. That's the way it should be. But all new subscribers should get the option. Do you want free? Do you want tier one, which includes all this tier two, which includes all that. That's what I think it should be. Well, and, and furthermore, and I hope that he listens to this, we have been promoting their pay-per-views now for 130 weeks. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, what do you think, Ben? I think I want free network. <laughs> but what about if it doesn't come with all the old pay-per-views? Because I'm assuming that's what it is. Or and I'm I'm assuming too the free network wouldn't have the current pay-per-views. You couldn't watch those live. No, that's, they, that, that's my they, assumption. I, 
I did find out that the current pay-per-views are not part of that deal. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. But, but I mean, like you mentioned, what do I think? Um, depending on how long you kind of like what you said, it depends on how long you've been with the network for. You should have maybe more privileges. Like if you're two years and more, you're privileged to a certain amount of content. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, like a lo- like a loyalty program. Yeah. I th- three of us have been almost with the network since since like like day one of of when it was re- released in Canada, and and they should not screw around with our shit. Like I'm happy with what it is now. Don't fuck with it. That's kind of what I feel. Also, really starting to get into the network. That, all they watch every morning they wake up and they ask for wrestling on the TV, wrestling on their iPads. Uh, and it, it's been really cool because at least on TV they've been showing best of WWE, so like best of AJ Styles, best of Seth Rollins, best of Raw matches the last decade, and all kinds. Best of, of stuff. Doink. Nope, no best of Doink. They haven't seen that oh. yet. No, no, not yet. Um, it's coming though. Uh, it's kind of neat though because they've been watching some of these uh, older pay per views with me, uh, being that we're all at home now, and it, it's neat for them to sit there and go like, "Holy crap, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin." He looks so cool and like stuff like that. Like it's pretty neat to, to see that. Uh, them register and, and, and then Mongo comes on the TV and then they're like, "Oh yeah, I can see why you hate him." Usually, usually when Mongo comes on the TV, they're like, "We're gonna go do some real wrestling on the trampoline. We don't. We're not gonna deal with this idiot." <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. <clears throat> Beyond that, nothing really else that was trending or popular. That was the biggest talk today. All right. Time for some beneficial facts. All right. WrestleMania 13 took, or as The Undertaker says in promos leading up to WrestleMania 13, WrestleMania the 13th, <laughs> uh, March 23rd, 1997 at the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, in front of a sold out crowd of 18,197 fans. Nice. Tagline for the event is. Heat. Nice okay. and simple. Hey, nice and simple. Just heat. You got to give them that. Sunday big, night heat. They probably looked across and saw like WCW had like 60,000 words for their taglines. And they're like, let's just go with one. Just one. <laughs> oh, just wait till Spring Stampede's tagline. And yeah, <laughs> that'll just totally just solidify your argument on that one. There you go. Um, commentary is done by Jerry the King Lawler, Vince McMahon, and Jim Ross. And Shawn Michaels in the main event. Um, the facts are WrestleMania 13 did a 0.77 pay-per-view buy rate at 237,000 pay-per-view buys with a live gate of $837,150. Wow. Uh, free-for-all match results. Uh, Billy Gunn defeated Flash Funk in seven minutes and five minutes. Uh, Seven, minutes, Seven and minutes, minutes and five minutes. Take that, Flash. Seven minutes and five minutes. You decide. <laughs> Seven minutes and five seconds. You know, WrestleMania moment for Flash Funk, I guess. Um, this is the second time WrestleMania was held in Chicago. Only other time up until this date was WrestleMania 2. The only other time WrestleMania would be held at this building was WrestleMania 22. Lots, oh, of, wow. lots of twos. Second time, WrestleMania 2, 22. Yeah, lots of twos. There Coincidental? Yes. 
Probably. Yes. Um, interestingly enough, over 3,000 tickets were still available two weeks before the show happened. Wow. Um, in February of 1997, uh, Ken Shamrock signed a very lucrative three-year deal with WWF. New Japan Pro Wrestling announced five days before WrestleMania that Shamrock would be challenging Shinya Hashimoto for the IWGP heavyweight title in April at the Tokyo Dome, even though Shamrock had not made his deal official. So because no contract with New Japan was made, then that, the match never happened. Hmm. Yeah. They put the cart before the horse. Yeah, they sure know, did. It always works out. And nothing, what can ever go wrong doing that way, right? Nothing. Nothing um, at all. No. I mean... Um, the Legion of Doom returned to WWE in February of 1997. On March 10th of 1997, Monday Night Raw became Raw is War, and the stage and setting would be the embryonic setup to what Raw setting and stage uh, setup is to to this day. Hmm. So this is the very, very first uh, setup. Um, Bret Hart would set a new consecutive WrestleMania appearance record at 12, dethroning Hulk Hogan's record of 9, that record would last 16 years. The man that would break that streak would ironically be The Undertaker in 2013. Um, in 2007, Triple H could have tied Brett's record, but Triple H missed WrestleMania 23 because of a quad injury. Now, had Shawn Michaels competed on the WrestleMania 13 card, he would have tied Hulk Hogan's record of nine consecutive WrestleManias. Huh. Uh, this was Brett's last WrestleMania appearance until WrestleMania 26. We're, we're just not going to remember that one. We're, we're just going to not yeah. remember that. This is well, his last, last WrestleMania appearance. We're going to just... Well, yeah. we're going to... I remember that match, but not in the best of light, and there's probably not going to be a lot of positive feedback on that match when we finally get there in another 30 or some odd years. <laughs> um, Ahmed Johnson's shoulder pads. There are two stories surrounding those. Okay. In one interview, Animal claims that Ahmed Johnson stole those pads. But in a separate interview with Ahmed Johnson, Ahmed claims that Hawk gave those to him as a gift. Um, and following Hawk's death... Um, Ahmed Johnson actually donated the pads to the Dallas Sportatorium where they are on display or they are be they are on display inside of the venue. Hmm. Yeah. Nice gesture by yeah. him, I thought. Yeah. Uh, in a spot during the Chicago street fight, Farouk was pulled by a nylon rope by a hawk, causing Farouk to do a front flip onto the ringside floor. And if you watch yeah. that spot in the replay, I just went, oh, god damn. Uh, Farouk would miss several weeks following WrestleMania due to a separated shoulder, broken rims, and a punctured lung from the spot. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... Yeah, he, he Farouk didn't... Uh, yeah, he didn't have a good uh, few weeks after that, uh, after that match. It's amazing that uh, Psycho Sid only actually wrestled physically in two WrestleManias, and both times were in the main event. Huh. Yeah. Huh. That's an interesting fact. Yeah. Um, Austin and Brett's, well, Austin's juice spot 
was uh, both Brett and uh, Steve's idea. Brett, uh, though, said he'd take the heat for it if any trouble came from Mm -hmm. it. Austin nearly backed out from doing the spot at the last minute, too. Good thing they didn't uh, back out and they just went forward with Mm -hmm. it. Because there there wouldn't be millions of dollars in T-shirts sold with his face from that spot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this was the least bought WrestleMania from a pay-per-view buy standpoint in history. Wow. The following year, pay-per-view buys would go up 200%. Well, there's some guy named Austin or something. He's doing some yeah. shit. And, and, and another guy named uh, Iron. Iron something. Iron something. I can't remember. Yeah, it'll come to me, I'm, I'm sure, at some yeah. point when we... Uh, uh, the pieces... Are, are just about in place for an, for an era to begin, but the fans are still on the cusp of buying into the new direction the company is going at this mm-hmm. point. At this point uh, in the Monday Night War, WCW has a 24-week streak of Nitro beating Raw in the ratings. Wow. And uh, just a tad off topic of WrestleMania, but still in relevance, er, relevance to... I put relevance, I don't know why relevance is what i meant to the ratings war the last time that nitro would beat raw in the ratings was october 26 of 1998 wcw would never again win a monday night ratings war until wcw for until wcw would close its doors in march of 2001 when wwe finally buys uh, the company yeah so three uh, almost three years yeah, it's it's amazing. I just uh, just do, once I did that uh, that ratings uh, fact there. I just I want to dig in. I just want to see because there's the 83 weeks, but I actually looked beyond that to see if there was like another streak that would start. But no, it was pretty much dead after 83 weeks. Hmm. It just go back and forth, but then WWE just completely dominated them. I think WWE had like a 112 week streak or something like that. Uh, Blackjack Mulligan, one of the original Blackjacks, is actually Barry Windham's or Blackjack Windham's father. Mm. Um, in 1997, uh, or in the 1997 Slammies, Rocky Maivia would beat out Stone Cold Steve Austin in the category of New Sensation. And uh, just in case anyone is wondering what Owen Hart's second Slammy award he won. It was actually for best bow tie. Thing is, nobody actually won the slammy. Owen just ran on the stage and took the damn thing. <laughs> That's such an Owen thing. Um, this would actually be the final year of the slammies until 2008. And there was no WWE Hall of Fame in 1997 as well. In fact, there would be no other WWE Hall of Fame ceremony until 2004 on WrestleMania 20 weekend. Hmm. And finally, to close out the beneficial facts, I, 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 I just, I started digging, and when I just dig for stuff, I just, I, I come across these really, like, holy fuck, how did I not realize this sooner? Now, it's not really, it's got to do with The Rock, Rocky Maivia. Not so much with WrestleMania 13, but it's WrestleMania, The Rock's in it, so it's kind of relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rocky Maivia, The Rock, is the only man ever in WWE history to defend the WWF slash WWE title in three separate decades. 
and he has lost all three defenses. <laughs> 1999 against Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 15. 2001 at WrestleMania 17 against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And 2013 versus John Cena at WrestleMania 29. Wow. I I couldn't believe that when I saw that. And I started to think, I'm like, well, no, there's got to be somebody else that did it. I started thinking, okay, Brett, no. Ric Flair, no. Undertaker, no. And I John went, okay, it has to be John Cena. Not even John Cena. Hmm. Well, yet. There's always next year. Well, that's true. There's always next year. I mean, WWE is listening to our podcast as we speak. So they're going to take that idea and totally run with it. And they're going to do two two birds uh, with one stone. They're going to do it the three decades plus break Ric Flair's There you go. Do it all. Just to spite me. Do it all. (laughs) Because they have nothing better to do. Yeah. And uh, having said that, these have been your beneficial facts this week. Our first match of the evening, we got a four-way elimination tag team match. It's between the Godwins, the Headbangers, uh, Doug Furness and Philip LaFon, and the new Blackjacks. And the Headbangers win by pinfall at the end of everything at 10 minutes and 39 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Uh, I, I like the immediate aggressive action right from the get-go. Um, for some reason, I couldn't believe that that wasn't Stan Hansen with, the, with, with Bradshaw. Yeah, it took me it took me a lot longer to figure out that was very Wyndham than than I care to admit, to be quite honest. I was like, that looked like Dan Hansen, and then I thought, I'm like, that would be a brutal tag team. That would be, yeah, yeah. Clothesline from Hill Bradshaw and Stan the Lariat Hansen together. Oh, geez. But nonetheless, uh, I was during the action. Um, I totally forgot Furnace's name until they announced it, because I was like. Lafon and I couldn't remember his, his name, but then I eventually got it. Uh, beautiful Huracarana by Furnace. The Scott Steiner type Huracarana he pulled off, which looked really good. Uh, very sloppy and dangerous suplex to the outside spot by Blackjacks, Blackjacks onto Furnace. Oh, that was awful. Yeah. That was awful. I was like, don't do that again, ever, please. Like, ever. Uh, the double elimination for the Blackjacks and Furnace and Lafon caught me off guard. I didn't get it. I was like, okay, is this to set up a future like program for team, you know, between these two teams? It better be, uh, or, else it, or else that finish doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it was, it, you know, it was just a wasted finish. Nicely executed slingshot clothesline to the outside from Mosh on the apron. I thought that was really pretty. Yeah, it was. And then uh, Thrasher does a top rope diving crossbody, which you thought would be easier to execute, but it looks sloppier. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how that happened. Uh, this, whole oh, ma- th- this whole match had sloppy moments. Like The, the oh, whole thing was just yes. like, kind of a cluster. Even the slop drop was sloppy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so overall, I did appreciate I, I I was enjoying it, so I gave it a C. Alright. Ben? You know why the Blackjacks aren't going to last in the WWE very long? Because they're tight, say BJ. <laughs> um, I never noticed that. <laughs> but they're ready for the Attitude Era. I guess ready. so. Um, and their well, manager will, will be Al Snow. That's right. 
BJ Head? I don't know. <laughs> BJ and Head. <laughs> Together. What a great marriage. Head, head, head BJ. Um, why were Furnace and LaFond eliminated? They said uh, they were eliminated because they were counted out. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, the headbangers were very noticeably nervous. Yeah. But, but understandably so. Um, Vin- Vince McMahon's commentary about the headbangers throughout this whole match was hilarious. He sounded like an old man, like an old yeah. dad that didn't really understand what they were doing, like with the wearing the the skirts and all that stuff. And he was like, "Oh, these guys, they're uh, what did he say? They're um, they've got attitude or some shit." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Like he's only such an old man." Probably said do? that and said, "Well, goddamn, pal, that's what we should call us from now on." <laughs> um, just amazing how different things are compared to 1997. Uh, definitely can't spit on each other, uh, uh, spit on each other today like Phineas and Thrasher do to one another. Yeah. Um, to me, when a hot tag is a dud and has no crowd response, the match is done with me. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what happened. Like there was no response. There was little engagement by the fans. Um, I was impressed with the headbangers out of everyone of the four, I guess. Um, at least some flashes of excitement, uh, but not a great opening match. Uh, they're definitely not on WCW's uh, level with um, with starting off a pay per view. I actually gave the match a D. I also gave the match a D. I thought it was quite sloppy. Um, WCW owns the opener because WWF can't match them. You know, they put out these four teams. It's just, it just was like, it just did not do it for me. The finish was Mosh hits a bombs away, which is kind of what like Molly Holly used to do, I think, right? It's a whoopee cushion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whoopee cushion. Yeah. Uh, the Molly go round. There you go. Thank you. Um, so he hits a whoopee cushion slash molly go round. Huh? The molly go round, she does a flip. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I was like, it wasn't like, but whoopee cushion. Oh. That, yeah, yeah. So it was a molly go round without the go around, but the whoopee cushion without the whoopee. Yes, right. Okay. And he hits it on Phineas to win. I guess this is the start of uh, the headbangers little push they get for like two months, probably. <laughs> if that. If that. Um, there are next matches for the Intercontinental title. We got the Sultan facing Rocky Maivia. Maivia is the champ going in, and he retains the title by pinfall at 9 minutes and 45 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? <laughs> this sounds so bad, but when the Sultan uh, was coming down the ring, I just put it on mute, <laughs> and I played Prince Ali in the background from okay. Aladdin. Okay. I don't know why. I did I was. Ha- I may have been having a beer or two that day. Let's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, play Aladdin's music in the background. Um, <laughs> a smiling, kissing baby's good guy versus an evil foreigner invader. Never seen that concept in my entire life. Wait, yes, I have. Over a decade ago, when that kind of thing may have worked. Yeah, exactly. Um, wrong crowd to do that shit with like fuck this is chicago come on like these guys are pretty smart like la new york chicago philadelphia don't do that shit there come on Mm -hmm. 
Well, in New York, it works, but that was also the 80s when, you know, that was kind of a hot topic. Uh, WCW is killing the WWE, and this is the the out-of-date stuff is one reason why. This this out-of-date stuff is one reason why. Yeah. Um, the in-ring work, I honestly had no problem with. Um they work together well. Rocky is getting a lot more confident in his skills and his in-ring abilities, but this character of his isn't working and you can tell it's forced. Cause I don't know. It's just, it looks like he's trying to read a script. <laughs> um, he's trying to read like a script and he's just, he, it, it, Rocky doesn't look believable in this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I actually dig the Sultan's outfit though. It's actually quite unique. It's the three wise men meets Bane. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. You know, um, the aftermatch stuff with the Sheik made me laugh, especially in the spot where, you know, Rocky puts himself into the camel clutch for the Sheik. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a nice and helpful chat. Let, let me help you out here, Sheiky baby. Like, hold on, just lift your leg. Okay, yeah, I got my arm in. Okay, lift your... Okay, yeah, we're good. We're good. Go. Um... <laughs> The fans didn't buy this, though. Um, I felt a sense of tension from the crowd. The lack of enthusiasm and reaction was very tense. Like, just, there was this almost silence. And it was really eerie to me. Mm -hmm. And that also hurt the match, I thought. Uh, But, I mean, the match, like I said, I didn't have a problem with it. It's just, yeah, just too many things just that don't work. And no crowd response at but I mean, definitely better in the opening match. I gave the match a C. Dave. So this is the match where the Rocky sucks chance start. Yes. Yes. Well, this is the match, the first match we've seen. They might yeah. have started on Raw. We don't know. <laughs> so that was the first thing I caught. I was like, oh, geez, this is not going to go well. And it didn't. Uh, it was a pretty slow and uninteresting, uninteresting match to me, to be honest. The fans were chanting boring. Uh the Rock was hitting some sloppy drop kicks, which was not like him at this time. Uh, the, the fans just, they seemed to just not care. Although the one takeaway from the match they got was The Rock should have been using his spin around DT as his finish at this point. Because when he hit that move, the fans actually re- responded to it. Yeah. Because it's actually a very pretty spinning DDT that, that he hits. Yeah, they, they just um, want him to they want him to to pay homage to or homage to his uh, family, so he's got to do the crossbody. Yeah, like the the, the move crossbody or the shoulder breaker. I was just like, at this point, the crossbody is boring at this point because everyone's doing it. Yeah, but that spinning DDT, which is kind of like a a sling blade DDT, basically, is so pretty, and it's so unique at this time. So I was like, you know what, that should be his finish at this time, not a crossbody. Uh, overall, I gave the match a D. I also gave the match a D. I thought it was a, I thought it was a boring match. Uh, afterwards, I thought it was a sweet moment between uh, Rocky Johnson and Rocky Maivia cleaning house against Sheik, Backlund, and the Sultan. Thought that was kind of cool. Uh, but you know what annoyed me the most? Fucking honky tonk man on commentary, motherfucker! <laughs> like, like. That shit would have been funny in the 80s. It's not funny now. Just shut up. Like, at one point, he's like, Rocky might be a can't even grow sideburns. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Oh, it's just Jesse. Fuck. Like, what? Like, uh, I, I, I'm telling you right now, like, spoiler alert, Honky Talk Man got my tool of the night for this. 
because I was just like, fuck, this guy's bad. Uh, the finish was Rocky reversed a slam into a roll-up to win. Eh, whatever. Did you guys – did you like how they uh, they showed Tony Atlas in the crowd and they referenced his tag team run with uh, Rocky Johnson? Mm-hmm. But yeah. then Rocky and Rocky Maivia were getting their asses beat. He didn't come help. Yeah, the, right? Like, we're, <laughs> Tony's just sitting there and he's like, I don't think I need to help on this. Our tape team championship is over. I don't care. That's right. All right, our next match, we got Hunter Hearst Helmsley facing Goldust. And Helmsley wins by pinfall at 14 minutes and 28 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Okay, so I love the opening clothesline by Goldust. Yep. It was just, it was so out of nowhere. And I'm like, I'm digging this new direction for Goldust. A, re- a really creative spot with Triple H stuck in the ropes on the apron facing yes. towards the fans. Yeah. That was very well done. Uh, those chops by Triple H. First of all, I love how Triple H was smart enough to take off Goldust's attire and then hit the chops. Yeah. As opposed to guys currently, well, not so much currently, but previously hitting Reigns with chops with his bulletproof vest on. Yeah, but it only protects Dave. That bulletproof vest only protects against bullets, not chops. God, get your shit together. I'm so sorry. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so just to make this quick, this is their best match in this rivalry thus far, and I felt yep. it was really good WrestleMania quality. I really enjoyed. It. I gave it a B. There you go, Ben. Um. Yeah, like the thing I have to give credit for is just the creativity these two have with uh, with each other in the match. Um, just trying to go through my notes here and not repeat anything Dave said because I because the thing with Dave is he goes over spots in matches, which uh you know it's kind of his thing, <laughs> and I don't want to. You don't want to play okay. with this thing. I don't want to play Dave Singh. Yeah, um, okay. so, I'm, I'm the, um, the Keister clobber, as Vince McMahon calls it. Is that Vince or JR that called no, it that? No, that was Vince. That was okay. Vince. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it may have been kind of a hokey move, but considering it's a glorified ass punch, it was actually executed really well. And, man, if you got a big ass, use it. Shit. Um. Triple H no selling a crotch hit. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't very cerebral of you, now was it? <laughs> he assassinated that spot. He did. Um, yeah, I did one. Woo-hoo! Game over. <laughs> you damn right, it's over. <laughs> um, I liked it overall, though. Uh, they gelled really well together. They had great timing. Very, very good flow. And I even like the, the spots with Marlena and uh, China. And actually, I want to go want to go a little bit into um, with China here. I really like her at this point. She's like a, when Goldust is at the beginning of the match is on t- the top rope and he just spits at her. She doesn't move. She doesn't flinch. She kind of just takes her hand and just casually wipes it away and just continues to be statuesque. Mm. Like it's very... She has a lot of mystique. That's what I liked about China here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did very little. She was just, she was just very statuesque. I loved it. Um, I yeah, I, I liked the finish too. I thought it was well done, and uh, yeah, I also gave the match a B as well. 
Uh, I really liked the visual that we saw when when Marlena gets knocked into China and then she's ragdolling her as she's as she's bear hugging her. Like that visual is so cool. Um, it makes China look like a fucking monster, and it looks Marlena look like a damsel in distress. Like it 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 ticked all the boxes for continuing the rivalry down the road. Good stuff there. I gave the match a C. Solid work by both guys. The best match, I, I agree with both of you guys, the best match in their rivalry so far. Uh, the finish was Goldust, as Goldust was going for the final curtain, he sees that China is going after Marlena, and then as he pulls Marlena up to the apron to get her away, Triple H hits a high knee, causing Marlena to fall into China's arms, which then she does the bear hug, and then Helmsley whips around Goldust and hits the pedigree to win. Our next match is for the tag team titles. We've got Bader and Mankind facing the British Bulldog and Owen Hart. Bulldog and Hart are the champions going in. And the match ends in a double countout at 16 minutes and 8 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Okay, Jesse, just going back to the gold, gold dust match for a second. I'm going to shatter your dreams here. It's not called the final curtain. It's called the curtain call. It's not called the final curtain? Who called the curtain call? Who Jesse? uses the final curtain then? Was it somebody does? Not Goldust. Is that Big Show's fucking leg drop move? Is that the final curtain? Yes, it is. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. Uh, Big Show. Oh, no, no, I think that's actually the called the final cut. It's called the what? The oh, final, the final cut. cut. Yes. So does nobody use the final curtain? Jesse Evans does. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> it's my move now, bitches. <laughs> Just to t- touch base on Marlene again, she had a very nice dress on. Just wanted to make note of that. <laughs> um, a lot less comedic antics in this match from Owen and Bulldog. It kind of took away from the match for me. Because that's actually what made their matches like freaking hilarious and phenomenal was their little uh, their little back and forth like juvenile shit that they do with each other. They did it before when JR was trying to get under their skin with that fucking interview. Okay, what the hell was with that? A pre-match interview? Like, what was that? that uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Like, who's the brains? I am. Now get lost. <laughs> <laughs> Just loved it. Love Owen. Love Owen. I, I like Vader and Mankind as a tag team. Yeah, yeah. They worked well together. Like, um, uh, Vader beats the crap out of both Bulldog and Owen through the, throughout the match. And it looked pretty, and he looked pretty strong. Uh, Mankind actually had a bulging disc in his back and actually had done a lot of like self therapy on himself uh, to prepare himself just to get through it. So uh, for the match, so he would uh, avoid having to get an epidural. Yeah, uh, pretty good match overall for me. I, uh, oh my god, ghost. Oh, Sorry, I can't read my own writing here. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that Mankind and Vader didn't win the titles, though. Would have been a nice reward to both both of them for the years that they had. Yeah. Yeah, considering that Mankind had a really, really solid feud with The Undertaker and was just really impactful, and Vader coming on the scene and just looking like an absolute killer in the year, getting a title shot with Michaels. I mean, ah, just, just as a small payoff and just... Personal grat- uh, satisfaction. I would have liked to have seen them win the titles. Uh, but, um, oh, and Lawler's jokes about Stu and Helen were awesome as usual. So great. So great. <laughs> the best line he had was um, Helen was wearing antique jewelry 
and she got it when it was new. And I was just like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck. And he said, hey, Stu, are you awake? Yeah, Stu, son's in the Stu, ring. wake up. <laughs> Stu. And, like, he spends the entire match just yelling at Stu and Helen, and it's the greatest shit ever. You know what's funny, too? In a, in a shoot interview I heard, um, Helen absolutely loved Lawler's jokes. <laughs> Good. Like, she absolutely loved them. Like, oh, there was a point where Owen uh, was actually starting to go, hey, you know, you're go, he would go to Brett and be like, hey, you know, don't you think Jerry should, like, uh, settle down with the jokes and everything? And then Stu and Helen actually said, no, 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 we, th- this is hilarious. We like this. <laughs> so good. Shows <laughs> so, have got a sense of humor there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, overall, I gave the match a C. Dave? I, I, I did, now that you guys were talking about the whole Jerry Lawler thing, I did like how Jerry Lawler acted surprised when Vince said they were in the front row. <laughs> he's like, they are? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he's just going and just roasting them. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, okay. Um, that powerbomb spot on to Owen by Vader was a thing of beauty. Yes. Very safe. Um, very safe. Very safe. Like, Vader always, you can tell who Vader had respect for because he always protected you extra. Yeah. Like, and he, he made that powerbomb look powerful, but safe. Yeah. Uh, suplex tossed by Bulldog onto Vader. Okay, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a baby, you know, 2K video game spot. Yeah, but Bull- like, Bulldog's a little just... bit strong. I'm just, I just, <laughs> spoiler alert. Suplex, I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> uh, great double team backbreaker and elbow drop on the outside by Mankind and Vader. The demolition elbow. Yeah, like I saw that and I, I like how they did it outside as a reference to Mankind's outside elbow drop to make it look more impactful. And it got me thinking, I'm like, you know what? I kind of wish they did win the taping championships in this match, but I kind of was like, what kind of finisher could they do? Can you imagine a manable claw into a Vader bomb? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, well, geez, well, mankind would have the manable claw on him, and then Vader just lands on Yeah, yeah Vader just lands on mankind too. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to kill Ooh. you all. But he'd be the legal man, so he'd probably be just be dead over top of the other guy. You guys are like going at this the worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> My mentality was he puts the minimum claw on, the guy passes out, he moves, and then Vader oh, hits. Oh well yours is significantly less fun than ours. Yeah, it's safer. Well, you know. Um the finish I thought was <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I just, I'm just trying to picture all this. It's like <laughs> He's unconscious. He's choking out. He's choked out and everything. And then just boom! <laughs> Vader goes crashing down. Kabam! It's believable. <laughs> um, I thought the finish was interesting, but I thought the execution was a little awkward. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, overall, I gave the match a C. Uh, I also gave the match a C. I thought it was solid work by all four men in the match. What was goofy, though, was Vader when Bulldog and Mankind are battling outside the ring and Vader walks by Bulldog and Bulldog kind of pauses and then he walks by him to pick up the urn to come back to hit him with the urn. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Vader walked the long way around. What are we doing here? Like, fuck. Act like you're trying to sneak a little bit. Man. <laughs> uh, so the finish was, as Mankind has the mandible claw on Bulldog, Vader throws Owen into them, causing them to tumble to the 
to the outside and they brawl and all kinds of shit and it leads to a double count out. You know, it, it was okay. Sometimes those double count outs are really stupid. This one was okay. Well, and the thing I liked about it the most was as, as the count was happening, Mankind still had the Men of a Claw on. Yeah. On David White, which I thought was really cool. Uh, okay, so our next match... Eh, we, we might think this match was okay. You know, it's going to be tough to, to decide, though. It's the submission match with Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin facing Bret the Hitman Hart. And Bret Hart wins at 22... Bret who? Bret who? At 22 minutes and 5 seconds due to ref stoppage. Dave, what were your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. It was so Dave's hard. probably got a huge boner... It was waiting to talk about this. <laughs> it was so hard to write down notes. Yes, I just wanted to watch, but I did it. Uh, it was very unique style for Brett to actually go into the audience and brawl. Yeah, very unique for him. So, I love that storytelling where Brett's like, "I have to change my approach with this because he's a rattlesnake, yeah. and I got to fight with him his own style." So that was really cool. I, I love the stunner of nowhere. Because it's it's a submission match, so it doesn't really matter, but still look pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay, that chair shot that Austin gave to Brett in the top oh, row, oh my god! Got, the, got the biggest pop Wait, which of the one? entire night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the crowd loves them some Austin, man. They love Austin. Oh. Um, Brett and Austin have executed this match in all areas excellently. If there's any match you want to show a first-time wrestling viewer, it's this one. Yeah, if, you know, there, there's, like, every wrestling fan has a list of, of, like, let's say five matches that if somebody's asking them, why do you love wrestling? Like, why do you watch that fake shit? And they're, like, what? They got, like, five matches that say, just watch this fucking match. This is one of them. This is one of them. Because it just showed, like, how masterful storytelling could be. And it show, also showed how fucking violent wrestling can be. Well, and the reason why I say that is is the finish is so incredible. Oh, that image of him with blood like, coming down oh. his face. My God. So, to no surprise to anyone, I gave the match an F. <laughs> um, <laughs> an F for this is fucking great. <laughs> Fuck this match. Plus. Um, I, I gave it an A plus. Yeah. Ben? Okay, you can't take notes watching this match because if you did, you'd miss something awesome each mm-hmm. time. There's a short list when it comes to the greatest match in WrestleMania history. This match makes the top 10 list most definitely. Some may argue even the top five. For me, this is the greatest fight in WrestleMania history. Uh, last year, we saw the back Hollywood backlot brawl. You want to take back that statement, sir? Nah, fuck okay. that match. Um, this, like, as far as, in a sense of wrestling, like, this is the greatest fight. Like, Ricky, like, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Macho Man had, like, the greatest match. This is the greatest fight that I've seen inside of, and uh, Austin just charging with the double leg takedown just set the whole stage for Mm -hmm. the match. Um, I do have to credit a piece to this match that may be overlooked by some people. Ken Shamrock. Yeah, he he 
I fully believe that if he wasn't the referee, this match would not have been as good. Yeah, I agree with that. Like he just, he stood back. He was there. And I mean, he held back the people in the crowd. He was just there to observe and just call a winner. He just let He's him also go. looked jack as all hell, man. Holy yes. shit. <laughs> they were not drug testing in the UFC at this point, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, he was just as vital to the match as the other two were. Like all three made this match work. Like to me, like as far as special guest referees go, Shamrock's probably the best special referee ever. Uh, Ryan Shamrock is also pretty good. <laughs> Keep it in the family, baby. <laughs> um. Okay. The <laughs> the. The drunk dude that was in the crowd rubbing Brett's head. <laughs> wow. But holy shit, I held my breath when he did it to Shamrock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, okay, fine. Spoiler, that guy got tooled the night. <laughs> there you go. For doing that to Shamrock, I'm like, what are you fucking It shows doing? How, how, how good this WrestleMania was that two of our two – two of the tools we chose weren't even in an actual match. I almost gave it to Bradshaw by costing his team a title shot, but I'm like, yeah, but Brett, Bradshaw, well, no, he, he does have a match with Shamrock eventually, but he wouldn't be that yeah. stupid. Um, uh, my personal, this is my personal favorite Bret Hart match ever. And uh, a match that embodies big match like mania moment like th- like this match is for wrestlemania matches i would actually put this on the re- the mount rushmore oh there you go there you go um and i also gave the match an f plus no <laughs> i gave it a, i gave it an a plus with dave here here's before before i give my score here spoiler alert it's the same as yours um we should do that mount rushmore of wrestlemania matches for next week body song Oh, God. Okay. It, deal? Brought to you by Beneficial Deal? Fans. You guys, you guys <laughs> in? Yep. Okay. Rush for me. I'm writing this down in my book right now. Uh, I, I just fucked this here. This could be hard to think of. Um, so I gave this match also an F+, also known as A+. Um, that bigger four spot on the ring post, uh, first time, oh, like, that was fucking great. Um, the crowd is batshit crazy for Steve Austin. They kind of like Brett right now, kind of, not so much at the end of the match, but they are huge on Austin. Um, I'm just going through my notes here. I kept on saying this is some fucking awesome storytelling, and I said that three separate times. <laughs> so, in case you're wondering, this was some awesome fucking storytelling. Uh, the finish was. After being choked with a cord, uh, Bret Hart grabs a ring bell and smacks Austin with it over his head. And then he puts on the sharpshooter, which leads into that iconic image of, of Austin screaming and the blood pouring down and then almost getting out, but not Bret cinching it back in. Austin passing out from the pain. Shamrock calling for the bell. Uh, the announcers did a really good job, especially JR saying Austin never gave up. Austin never gave up. Like just builds, builds him up like crazy. Um, after the match, Brett continued to attack Austin, which led Shamrock to interfere, which I think was the second biggest pop of the fucking night. 
when he double waist lock took him down. I was just like, oh, like the crowd fucking went bad yeah. shit. And um, uh, it's just a masterful uh, double turn. You know, Austin turns face, Hart turns heel, and there we go. You know, great stuff. A plus, man. The next match is a Chicago street fight. It's between the Nation of Domination facing the Road Warriors and Ahmed Johnson. And I'd like to say it was, I was so glad to hear the LOD's music. I love that shit. Love it. Yeah. Uh, LOD and Ahmed Johnson win by pinfall at 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Okay, just FYI, I've already written down four of the five uh, Mania route mush, uh, route, Mount Rushmore. Well, there's only four. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore's only four. Okay, well, I got um, <laughs> Thanks for listening to me, Ben. Fuck. Uh, well, we have a top five, so I'm thinking five. Come Are on. we doing top five or Mount Rushmore? Okay, Mount Rushmore. Okay, four or five? Are we Dave, doing four you make or the five? call. Let's do 4.5. Okay. <laughs> We're not doing 4.5. Dave, you make the call. It's your segment. Come on now. Let's do top, top five. five. Okay. Top five. Okay. I have a week to figure out one more. Um, so we're doing the Chicago street. Fight. That's definitely okay. going to be number five for me. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Savio Vega listened to me and got new gear more tailored for his role in the nation of domination. It's, it's wonderful when they listen to you. It is. Um, okay. LOD got the pop of the night or am I crazy on that? The crowd loved them. Especially when that music yeah. hit, they were jacked up. Well, uh, considering they're from Chicago. Well, well, that may have played a factor. Um, excellent intensity in this match. Um, it got some points right off uh, the get-go because they didn't do the stupidest fuck split screen. WCW. <laughs> uh, loved Hawk catching the two by four after he missed that. Yeah, spot that was and pretty it good. Up in the air. Yeah. I was just like, nice. <laughs> Um, pile driver by animal equals uh, fail. Um, Ahmed had about a 500 RPM with that slam onto Farouk through the table. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a receipt or not. I don't think so. I think if, I think Ahmed you're, was just sloppy, and I think if things that well, look like fuck, receipts. If you're going to get Farouk any type of receipt, you, like he had like 50 spots happen to him where it's just like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the rope around Ahmed's neck spot might get some pushback if they tried that. Today. Maybe, maybe. Just a feeling. Um, watching Farouk land on the outside, like, oh, God. And then taking Ahmed's spine buster right after that. Good Lord. Um, why the two-by-four is the finish? Like, they hit the doomsday device, yeah. and then they hit them with the spike. Like, yeah, what? I thought that was... The finish was kind of weak. That was not a great, you know, especially because Crush just ran into it. It wasn't like they ran with the two by four and knocked him down. Like it was like uh, Hogan with a chair. Please run into this, sir. I don't want to hit you with it. You know, that that's kind of what it was. <laughs> and uh, the after the match uh, stuff with the double doomsday device. Nice. Yeah. And the way they sold them, uh, each of them sold it. Oh, that was good shit. Um, and uh, just one last note that just drove me nuts. I, I don't know why I couldn't take my eyes off of it, but fu- 
Ahmed Johnson, fix your fucking lighting. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but overall, from an entertainment entertainment uh, spot, I know it was sloppy as shit in a lot of spots, but I mean, it's a street fight. You can't expect a five-star or six-star match from Dave Meltzer if he was marking it. I gave the match a B. Dave. I, I, I Dave. So, the first thing I noticed that caught me, like, really off guard was Ahmed hitting a flipping senton over the guardrail. That was pretty <laughs> fucked up. And I'm like, I'm like, let's look at the science here. You land on the back of your head against the guardrail, and your feet barely hit the person. You know. So, realistically speaking, Ahmed, you hurt yourself. You know, the other thing, too, is, Ahmed, maybe figure out how to do your regular moves before you throw in a, a flipping senton <laughs> over the guardrail as another thing. And then, and then shortly after that, he hits a, a body press over the same guardrail back into the ringside area. Yeah. I'm like, this guy just doesn't want to climb over the red garbage. He just doesn't fly over it. <laughs> um, cringy and very dangerous botch power driver on and off the table. Oh, but animal onto, um, I don't even know. Uh, Sorry? I think it was Farouk. Holy yeah, shit. It was. Like, he, like, <laughs> he holds him and he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to tilt over. <laughs> well, I'm sitting there. I'm like, you guys are both clearing 280, 290. And this table is not going to hold you. So right from the get-go, you see uh, Animal. He's already hesitant with, with doing it. But then he's like, I'm going to try it anyway. And it didn't go well at all for either of them. It just it looked terrible. Uh, so overall, I gave the match a D, and here's why. These matches prove less is more. There, there was too much stuff going on that I couldn't be invested in anything. Uh, the finish drove me just mental because I'm like, why couldn't you do a Dune's device with the 2x4? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, if the 2x4 is going to be that big of a part of the finish, make it seem like like WrestleMania worthy. Mm. Like, that would have been a wicked spot to have a Dune's device with him just swinging the 2x4 at him. Wait, 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 wait. You want Hawk jumping <laughs> off the top rope, swinging a two-by-four as a fish. But he, but he yes. doesn't want Vader squishing mankind. Like, listen. No. Vader, Vader hurts his own partner. I don't want listen, clotheslining me, let alone a two-by-four. either embrace the violence or turn away from the violence. You can't have it both ways. No. no. You guys are talking about Vader hurting his own take team it's partner. Mankind. He'd hurt himself anyways. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. Hawk to do something that would actually look believable. Because uh, okay. Gary looks ran, believable when he's just standing there. Crush ran into yeah, it. Yeah. Come. It was like a bad run, run it. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. <laughs> is, is maybe they should have gimmicked the 2 by 4 that it broke or something. It's like, whoa, they whipped him so hard. <laughs> But, like, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and he just felt that. Oh, fuck. Brutal. Uh, the highlight of the match for me was listening to the LED music. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Um, I gave the match a C. The whole thing was fucking chaos, but it was entertaining chaos. Like, I, I thought yeah, it was exact. crazy. Um, but I was entertained by it. Now, Dave mentioned that Vader 
in the previous and uh, with did a power bomb to Owen Hart and how safe it was. How safe was that power bomb? He protected those guys. Ahmed Johnson says, "Fuck you! I, I ain't protecting shit with my Pearl River plunge." And has has uh, was it D'Lo or Savio Vega? It was D'Lo, D-Lo. And, and he fucking like over rotated him and had him land right on his ass first. And I was just like, "Fuck you!" Like you're D'Lo smacked his yeah, head. Yeah, well, because he could like because he landed ass first. How do you protect your head after that? I'm just like, "Fuck Ahmed!" Like protect the guys you're in the ring with. Aggravating, aggravating stuff. Uh, Honky Tonk Man was so bad that I didn't give my tool to Nick Tom Johnson, and that's saying something. Uh, so the finish we've we've alluded to many times. Crush gets whipped into a two by four, leading to Animal pinning him. Okay, <laughs> Crush runs to yeah, the yeah. <laughs> he didn't see it coming. <laughs> that leads us to the main event, which is a no disqualification match for the WWF title. We got Undertaker facing Psycho Sid. Sid is the champion going in. And Undertaker, ugh, Undertaker wins the title by pinfall at 21 minutes and 19 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? So, I love the Bret Hart coming out. And really? basically claiming that he's the yeah, greatest. Well, I put a note here. Well, that's it. Just Bret Hart is a fucking whiny heel. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, the, we're doing it tonight. The reason why... I, the reason why I did like it is it allowed Sean something to talk about while he was there for the first like yeah. minute. And it, it, you know, it's building towards something for sure. And then I love how Sid had a great opportunity to look like a monster and punch Brett, but he looked so weak with his punch. The, and the problem was he shouldn't have, and Brett sold it and he doubled over because the powerball spot was next. Like, why not just kick him in the gut and just hit him with the powerball? That's why I was like, why are you punching him to lift yeah, him up? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Give him a you know, give him a gut kick, powerbomb, and throw him out. But I liked it because Brett just showed that he's becoming the heel, and then to get more heat, he comes out and says, I'm yeah. the greatest. Well, and the, the one that made me laugh is when he turned to Undertaker and he's like, You slammed the dick cage door in my face. Now yeah. we're not friends. I'm like, What? What is this guy? Eight? He's like, We have a he's like, our friendship from here has a different set of yeah. rules. <laughs> like, what are we? I'm like, what happened to Ooh, unconditional that's not, love? That's not sexy. Like, what happened to unconditional love, Jesse and Ben? It's gone. Like now, there's rules and friendships. So, so uh, that was we have story. rules. Our top five <laughs> rules. <laughs> it was a it was a fun start. Michael's mocking Brett whining was hilarious. And you know there was a there was a tinge there was a tinge of uh, shoot in what he was saying. Just a tinge. Just a Just little. A tinge. Now back to the match. So Taker takes one of the most brutal bumps over the announce table. He lands right in the back of his head and his legs go over his head. At this time, there's really no protection under the announce table. So it's pure concrete. And I was like, okay, that was brutal. And I think the fans being that Steve Austin and Brett match happened two matches prior to this. I still think that they're a little bit emotionally drained from that mm-hmm. match because they yeah. didn't really feel much in this match that there was boring chance. The fans seemed quiet and it just it felt like a very awkward main event, which made me believe that they should have had Steve and Brett close the show because the 
I think I think the fans just didn't recover there, from that. There, there's at this time though. There's a like for the most part, you got to have the title close the show. Unless, oh, I, I, unless I totally you're Hulk Hogan and you can you can fuck over WrestleMania <laughs> eight with your shit. But other than that, the, yeah, the title's got to be in the main event. Like that's like because you could you could say that for a couple like Rock Hogan in WrestleMania eighteen. That should have been the main event. You know. Yep. Um, yes. Uh, that there's probably another couple cases that I'm forgetting right now, but yeah, I agree with you. Oh, uh, Undertaker versus A Train and of Big Show. With uh, that should be Daniel event. Bryan and Sheamus, where it was like with the, the, with the, uh, with yeah. the uh, going back to the Taker against A Train and Show with Nathan Jones running. Very nice. <laughs> uh, although Taker hits, uh, I believe at this this is the first time we see him in a top rope clothesline. And he hits it really beautifully, but otherwise, I just I wasn't really feeling it. But I did appreciate that Taker did get the the championship in return, so I gave it a C. Ben, um, Taker going old school with his attire that yeah. was pretty sick. Um, Shawn Michaels actually would wait. I already said that. Hang on, that was the uh, the Hulk Hogan tying street thing. I'm just well, give me one second and I cross that out. And let me just make one more note. Top five friend rules <laughs> Are between Dave, Ben. That'll be for Jesse. the following week. You gotta give me time with this mania one. Yes. Sure. I'm gonna write that down because we need more top fives because we've been kind of hey, steering that's, away. That's coronavirus's fault, okay? The the top fives are flowing when we could get together. Now now we have to do it over the phone. Everything's changed. The world has changed. That's true. So I really hope Sid and Taker's time wasn't shortened because of Brett and Sean. Because I don't know. I don't know if they'd necessarily be impressed with that. Um, unfortunately, we had to watch a so so match for the most part. A lot of Bret Hart interference. And kind of a lackluster main event match, for especially for the title. Uh, the last five minutes, I thought, were really good. It started slow, and it picked up some steam. Not the match of the night, for sure. Not the worst match, but not exactly the greatest main event match in Mania history. Uh, but Taker winning the title after a pretty intense 1996, and considering everything he's done up to this point for the company... Very well deserved and rewarding to see him have uh, a mania, like a main event uh, world title win. I gave the match a C. I gave the match a D. Um, yeah, I can understand why, though. You know, fucking Sid had Taker in a bear hug for what seemed like two minutes. Um, I'm, I'm, Dave mentioned this earlier. I think he mentioned it in the Chicago Street Fight. Less is more. And in this match's case, I understand that the title should go 20 minutes. That's kind of like the feeling. But they would have benefited from half the time in their match. If it was a 10-minute match, I, I think it could have been done, or 10 to 12 minutes, it could have been done a lot better. But the fact they had to drag it out for 21 minutes, I thought really hurt these guys, especially Sid. Sid doesn't have the cardio that Taker does. So he, would, he had to do all these fucking bear hugs just to make it to 20 minutes. You want to know something really messed up is uh, this almost went 20 minutes, but Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, and Kurt Angle went less than 10 minutes in wrestling. Isn't that insane? 22. 
that that boggles my mind because that that match felt like it was like 15 to 20 minutes but yeah it was less than 10 amazing minutes. stuff um so brett comes down a few times just like ben and dave had mentioned and then the last time he comes down and distracts sid from hitting the powerbomb and then as sid comes over he drops down and and clotheslines his neck on the top rope sid turns around gets caught by undertaker into a tombstone very nice tombstone one two three really cool moment with taker winning the belt like dave and ben said especially afterwards with him pointing to the fans and saying this is for you this is for you uh good good stuff there but the match on the whole gave it a d do you think that was part of uh brett and taker's new rules of friendship with him keeping to he kept coming out interfering and giving taker maybe is that part of their maybe maybe can we uh can we discuss uh, Sid trying new things with the tombstone? His revert, his yeah, his reversal of the tombstone was pretty cool, though. I'll give him credit for that. Yep. But then when he hit the tombstone, I was like, "Takers now, I'm yeah. not going to get out." <laughs> like, please don't yeah, make up a purple yeah, agent. Yeah, that was a great. <laughs> All right, Ben, give us your workhorse, the tool of the night, and your score. All right, well, my workhorse was Stone Cold Steve Austin. My uh, tool tonight was the dumbass drunk fan rubbing Ken Shamrock's head. I can't, I can't see him winning tool of the year because he only appeared in one shot. And my score was six out of Dave? ten. Um, I actually have two workhorses. It's Brett and Steve Austin because their match was just Oh, they both deserve it because that storytelling match was incredible. My tool, I give to Ahmed Johnson because everything he did was unsafe. And at this point, I would just release him because, honestly, he hasn't progressed whatsoever at all. But look at him, Dave. My, look at him. <laughs> my overall score, I gave 6 out of 10. Um, my perf- workhorses, I'm going to say performer. My workhorses of the night, I gave to Austin and Brett. I can't choose between the two of them. When you have an A-plus match, I'm going to give it to both guys because you both came to play. Um, Tool, honky-tonk man, fuck, he was brutal. I hated his commentary. Hated it. Um, I did like when he was singing at the beginning, though. He got on the the headset and was singing his song. I thought that was kind of funny, but then it went downhill quick. Uh, I gave gave the (laughs) pay-per-view a 6 out of 10. Look at that. Six is all across. It's the devil. Uh, not good. Six, six, six. What? Six, six, six. six the six. devils. Uh, uh, so that's been our episode <laughs> this week. Next week, we are going to be reviewing. Hold on, let me turn my page. WCW Spring Stampede 1997 with the main event of Macho Man Randy Savage facing Diamond Dallas Page. Well, at least they got a good main event. Oh, yeah, yeah, you you would definitely hope. You would definitely hope it's it's an old guy versus a slightly younger old guy. So that'll, that that's better than Hogan and Piper, which is two fossils going at it. Um. So have a great week, everybody, and stay safe.
the bubbly.